This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Romans 4, tell me if you're there. You okay with me teaching a little bit more about faith tonight? Or you want, you want me to switch over and teach unbelief how to be filled with fear? How to, how to have your ship sink. Three easy steps to sink your own ship. No, I don't want to teach that junk. I want to teach the Word of God. I want to teach the Bible. You going to be excited about the Bible tonight? Amen. Now, how many will give me at least five minutes? Give me five minutes to teach the Word tonight. Raise your hand if you'll give me five. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty, thirty-five. We're going to be here a while. Woo! Just messing with you. Amen. Romans chapter 4. If you haven't found Romans chapter 4 by now... Look on with your neighbor. I'll give you 15 minutes, man. I made a 42 commercial announcement deal going. Romans 4. Amen. Or get somebody to help you. Maybe you're a new believer. That's okay. I'm just horsing around and messing with you. You ever been to Barnes & Noble? Raise your hand. It's not, it's not a trick question this time. You ever been to Barnes & Noble and you know they got the little help desk, you know, and all that stuff? Heard about one guy that came up to the help desk and he was saying, Would you please tell me where the self-help books are? And the clerk said, well, that would defeat the purpose now, wouldn't it? You'll get it later. Self-help. What do you need help finding self-help? Anyway, Romans 4, 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. See, Abraham is not just the father of the Jewish nation, the people of Israel. He's the father of those who live by faith. So that's why the the Bible says in Galatians 3, just just a side note, but that's why in Galatians 3 it says what Jesus Christ did on on the cross was to redeem us from the curse of the law. He didn't redeem us from the blessing of Abraham. Just the curse of the law. So the blessing of Abraham is still ours. You ought to spend some time meditating on it. That's in Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14. It's just one spot that you find the blessing. But there's some good stuff right there that will change your life. Now, verse 17 says, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not As though they were. So here's how God operates. God calls those things that be not as though they were. He calls it. Call, 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 call. He calls it that way. He calls it. That means he speaks. means it comes out of his mouth. He says something. Calls. Say call. If you're going to change anything in your life and do anything the way God does, you're going to start using your mouth. I am amazed how it, how people will use their mouth all day long, and when we come to church, we're the silent few. Nobody wants to open their mouth to pray. Nobody wants to open their mouth to pray in the Spirit. Nobody wants to open their mouth to sing and praise. And nobody wants to open their mouth to make a confession. But they'll open their mouth all day long. We're going to have to get some things turned around and understand that 
operate the way God operates and use our faith the way God operates His faith, it's through speaking words. The pastor said that was one of the three top things that he talks about. And we need to know that faith works by speaking words. Now, verse 17 again. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. I have. Yeah, but he hadn't. Yeah, but he said he had. Yeah, but there was no manifestation. Yeah, but he said that he had. Had. Did it. I want you to understand how God's going to operate in your life. He's going to say that you have what he promised you you have before you ever see what he promised you he's, you have. That's not. I'm not trying to confuse you or give you a little tongue twister there. In other words, before you see the manifestation, you're going to have to get in agreement with what God says. He called Abraham the father of many nations when he had no child at all. At all. Well, how is that not lying? It's not lying because he's relying on the promises of God. What did God say? See, I'm not just dreaming fantasies up in my head and speaking them. I go to the Bible. I find out what God says about healing in my body. I find out what God says about supplying my need. I found out what God says about any area of my life that concerns me. And then I begin to call those things into my life. Call those things into my life. Now, we're kind of in a different phase in life now. Uh, you know, with my schedule, I pastor a church and I travel. And uh, that's a unique assignment. Um, wouldn't recommend it if God didn't tell you to do it, because it's a lot of coming and going, a lot of it's it's a lot of hours, let's just say, to, to get through one week. And but because of that, and just the, the the you know the demands of life, but the ministry demands, we've given up on pets. We're kind of done with pets. I mean, I don't care if it's a goldfish; we don't have time for it because somebody's going to have to feed it if we're gone, and you know, or it's going to come back and it's going to have that little lump. You know, where it dies and it's all laid over. So there goes Goldie. You know, so we've decided it's in our best interest not to have pets. But we have had pets. You know, we raised three sons. You're not going to raise three sons without hamsters, fish, dogs. You, ne- I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ha- and every time you turn around, I want to bring something else home. You know, we've got a wild wolf. No, no, I don't want the wild wolf. You, you- <laughs> no, it's not an inside dog. Thanks. But I remember we've had dogs before that, you know, you'd go into the backyard and somehow that little goofball had snuck out, dug away under a fence. Am I the only person who's ever had a dog that dug under a fence or found a way out or could squeeze through an impossible gap? How did they do that? You know, it's the size of a credit card, but this big dog was able to go through that thing. How do they do that? And so you go out to feed them and you, you have a tendency, you know, where are you? No, Rover. Rover! 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 Can you imagine standing there in the backyard and there's no Rover, but you don't mind saying, Rover! And if somebody looks over the fence, the neighbor looks over the fence, what are you doing? Calling the dog? Well, I don't see a dog. I know you don't see a dog. That's what I'm calling. If we could see the dog, what in the world would I be calling? I'd be petting. I wouldn't be calling. I'm calling because I can't see it. I'm calling because I need it here so I can feed it. Now, how is it we understand that with a goofball dog and we don't understand that's how God operates in his kingdom? 
Healing, I'm calling. You don't look too good. I know, honey. That's why I'm calling myself well. That's why I'm calling it unto me. That's why I'm calling it to me. Healing. I'm calling you. I call my body healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. You've got to call it in. Call it in. It's not weird to call the dog. Then why is it weird to call your healing? I call my hand healed if you've got a problem with your hand. I call my thumb healed. I call my knee well in Jesus' name. Quit calling yourself old and decrepit. Quit calling yourself you got early Alzheimer's. Stop your silly jokes. Find something else to be funny about. There's too many other things to be fun about. Don't curse your body. Don't curse your life. Don't curse your memory. Don't curse your family. Come on. You have to call it. That's how God operates. He calls things that be not as though they were. He calls things that be not as though they were. Now, I've noticed this. See, I, I've been in ministry over 39 years. Next June will be actually 40 actual years that I, since I went into the ministry. 40 years. Which seems hard to believe because I'm only 29 years old. Maybe a little more than 29, but... 40 years. So during that time, I've heard some mean things about what I believe the Bible says. For example, if you teach what I'm teaching right now out of Romans 4, 17, calling those things that be not as though they were, people have derogatory names for you. You're part of the name it and claim it bunch. You're the blab it and grab it. Now, the, the kicker is they actually think they're insulting me. Yeah, that's who I am. Actually, I am part of that bunch. The ones who name it and claim it. That's, let me just tell you something, folks. You can tell what's got the devil's attention and getting messed up is the very things that religious people come against. I mean, anytime you're doing anything for God, religious people and weird stuff will start showing up. Who cares? You just keep on moving, man. Just keep on moving. It's just a sign that the devil doesn't like something you got going. That doesn't mean we're going to dry it up and let it go away just because somebody calls us name it and claim it. Now, the truth is I am part of the name it and claim it bunch. I remember somebody mentioned uh, Dr. Summerall here a moment ago. I remember Dr. Summerall. I was listening to one of his well, was cassettes back in the day. You know, CDs nowadays, but it was, it was cassette. I used to listen to cassettes till they squeaked. You know what I'm talking about? They're so old. Man, they, they just, and they, just the heat of the car and everything. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If I, listen, I was so gung ho with these kind of things back in the day that if I had, uh, something wrong with my cassette deck in the car, I would get a battery operated portable to carry with me everywhere I went. And just replace the batteries, man, as I went along. But I'm not going without the word. You know, nowadays, I, I, I sure enjoy my iPod. We were talking, or you were talking about things lasting because you're a tither. I have a 2005 iPod. iPod. You know, it's a big old thick thing. You know, you, you, you know, it's not like these little skinny little things now. I still use it almost every day. It's 2005. Everybody else is replacing theirs once a year, once every two years, whatever. Dude, I got a 12-year-old uh, 2005 model that works just fine. I still use it. I mean, I'm, I'm a blessed man. So, Amen. I don't even like the new ones. I like that big old thick thing. But whatever, dude, it works. It works. Now, give, go back. Where were we talking about? I know, but I just want to know if you know. 
Huh? Name it and claim it. We're part of that name it and claim it bunch. Lester Summerall, that's what I was talking about on this cassette, I heard him say, people mock us and call it the name it and claim it bunch or the wealth and, or the health and wealth club. The health and wealth club. He said, if there was a health and wealth club, you'd be a fool not to join. Wouldn't you? I mean, you know, if there was a health and wealth club, sign me up. Where do I get involved in that club? They think they're mocking. Hey, I'll take the health and the wealth. Thank you. Call things that be not as though they were. Name it and claim it. Name it and claim it. This happened to several years ago. My wife and I were at a L.A. Uh, restaurant. And it's, uh, I don't know, you may even have one around here. I don't really know. But uh, we, we, we love the place. We try not to eat there. Does that make any sense to you? It's one of those places where you can go, Oh, Hikamo. I want the Gigantor amazing, it, it's a burger place. And they, they have literally up to like one pound burger, you know, this huge bun and all this stuff. You know, you cut it in half to hold it. You're not going to hold it. And, you, you know, the, it's huge. Just this massive place. We had gone there one afternoon. We don't have one in Torrance. We have to drive to it. So, you know, we have, we have flat out backslid when we're headed that direction and are going to that burger place. You know that we have given up on something and decided we're, we're celebrating and going. It's Fuddruckers. Have anybody ever been to a Fuddruckers? Okay. So, you know, it's like revival broke out when we said, wow, oh, Lord, yeah. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. To wear in this Fuddruckers and just had one of these awesome burgers, you know, and the fries are amazing. Everything's amazing. And we're leaving, and there, you know, the place seems like it's always packed. You know, it seems like it's always got a ton of people. I'm heading to the car, and uh, as we're going to the car, four men in coats and ties, you know, guys that work some office, grown men, you know, is what I'm trying to say. They're not 12-year-olds. Grown men, suit and ties, coming out of Fuddruckers, heading for the car. One of them says, I've got shotgun. What does that mean? Huh? Is he claiming something? Grown man. Grown man claiming he's riding in the front on the way back. He's not doing the back seat with these other bozos. I'm, I, got the, I got the passenger seat in the front. He claimed it out loud, public. No problem. Did not feel the least bit weird. I didn't think it was weird. I've got shotgun. He's laying claim. He's laying claim. You tell Christians, you need to start calling your body healed. That's weird. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to. I feel like a dog. I feel like a dirty dog. I feel like a dead dog. I feel like a sick dog. Sicker than a dog. Dog, dog, dog. No, you're supposed to call those things that be not as though they were. I'm going to call my body healed. According, see, see, according to the word of God, I say. According to the word of God, I say. My body is healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. So whether you realize it or not, you lay claim to stuff all the time. 
don't have any problem. Maybe, maybe where you work, there's a little fridge and you bring your lunch. Hey, that Tupperware bowl with that salad is mine. That's mine. Don't be touching it. Cause you got to tell that to people you work with. They thought it was, they thought it was a gift from heaven for them. That's mine. You claim stuff all the time. And don't think it's the bit, the least bit unusual. Now I'm a frequent flyer. I have about 800,000 miles on one airline and, uh, uh, between the two or three others that I fly, well over a million air miles, all domestic. All domestic. It's all, none of it is international flights. All 100% within the continental USA. And I don't even fly to Alaska. I should, but I don't, I've never flown to Alaska yet. Pray with me about that. We need to start flying to Alaska more. Amen. Prefer to stay in a hotel with running water, but that's just, I mean, we're going to, we're going to call it in, call the whole, I want the whole enchilada in, man. I want a toilet that flushes. I don't want my, I don't want a path. So that's all over a million miles of air miles flying, you know, to minister for the most part in the United States. And you know what every airport has? Every one. Every one. They have what? They have baggage claim. Where you show up when you get off your flight to go do what? Claim what is yours. I don't just go, see, you're a psycho if you go in, I think I'll take that one. Mm, maybe I'll have that one over there. No, you're, the whole concept of baggage claim is to get your bag. You're not going there pretending that you're, that you've got a bag. You have a bag. Now, when I first started flying, I wish they'd kind of come back to this. When I first started flying, there was actually a clerk there that made sure that when you walked out of the door that your tag actually matched your boarding pass or your ID so that you weren't actually stealing somebody's bag. You know, that would be good if they'd go back to that, but they're, they're saving money. Now everything is self-service at the airline. You check yourself in, you, you do your own bags. And uh, now, if you every once in a while, if you're right in the middle of a nap, you might get uh, somebody tap on your shoulder. It's your turn to fly the plane. This is your hour. It's a lot of self-service stuff going on. I made that part up. Um, claim, claim, not unusual at all. It's 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 say claim it. You go there to claim it. Claim it. All the people that say name it and claim it go to baggage claim to claim it. To claim what they already have. To claim what already belongs to them. See, I paid for the luggage. I paid for what's in the luggage. It does not bother me to show up and get what is mine and claim it. When I'm claiming my healing, it was paid for by Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to talk him into giving me something that doesn't already belong to me. It has already been paid in full by the shed blood of Jesus. So I'm simply showing up to claim what already belongs to me. I'm showing up to healing claim. I'm showing up to blessing claim. I'm showing up to provision claim. Does that make sense? If it's already been paid for, if the supply has already been taken care of by Jesus Christ, I'm not trying to convince anybody it's mine. It's already mine. The price is paid. As soon as I got a promise in the Bible, that's my proof. That's Every promise in your Bible is your claim check. Just the way you would go to baggage claim and claim your bag... Every promise in the Bible is your claim. Wait, I'm doing this according to 1 Peter 2, 24. Matthew 8, 17. Amen. Isaiah 53, 5. This ceiling is mine. I have it now. 
I'm laying claim. I've got a baggage claim t- check right here. My God supplies all my needs. Philippians 4.19. That's my claim check. Here I am. Hello. I'll take it now. Do you see that? But you're going to have to claim it with your words. I remember a, a while back I had traveled. It, th- there are seasons where my comings and goings are so continual that, you know, you just feel like you're meeting yourself constantly. I mean, you know, when I'm done with this meeting, we, we, we go home tomorrow. I fly out. I got to be up at three in the morning to get, you know, to the airport for an early flight to Michigan. Be out there, fly home Friday. I have a guest speaker, so I have to check him in the hotel Friday night. They have Saturday all day events, Sunday. Then we take off Sunday afternoon at 2.30, gone till Friday night at 9. Saturday morning we get up because we have some other events. You had grandkids stuff on the top of all this other stuff. Holy moly. Preach on the Sunday. Then I fly out, gone two straight weeks. Come home one day, fly out to another state for more meetings. Fly home, got church. You live that way all the time. Man, you are looking for opportunities just to put your head on a pillow. I just need a little bit of break here. I need a little bit of free time. Put my feet up a little bit. You know, how many know what I'm talking about? I was tired. I was flying back to LAX. It had been a long trip. And uh, I don't always, you know, we're trying to make things a little easier on, on old Pastor Kenny now. You know, I mean, I'm 56. It's different when you're 46 and 36 and you've got all this stuff to haul around. I've still got most of it, but I started convincing them, ship the product, because I used to take the, a suitcase just with product, then a guitar, then my suitcase with all my stuff, then my carry-on with all the computer and all the work, because I have to still run a church while I'm running a traveling ministry on the road, and another carry-on bag with other stuff that I have to take. So that's carry-on computer bag cases of guitar one man you can see that can get old fast constantly lugging stuff chasing stuff airport buses to go to the rental car unload the bus to get back in the rental car you just it's constant get back inside to check in your for your flight so i'm coming back to lax and we have a full weekend i have actually committed myself to doing the time i'm talking about not, not right now. I'm talking about my story. I'd committed myself to do special services at the church. I'm flying in, and I'm going to do a Friday night service, two Saturday night services, Sunday morning service, two Sunday night services. I'm preaching all five. Doing a special emphasis at our church, and I'm preaching the whole deal. After having been gone and just wore And then the next day I was traveling. I mean, that Monday I woke up and had to hit the road because I had Monday and Tuesday meetings. Holy schmoly. So I get to LAX, flying back before my meeting starts, and I'm at baggage claim. <coughs> my wife at this particular evening was picking me up. I said, go through, get some food. I just got no time. I'm wiped out. Just get something to go. It'll be in the car. I can eat something while we're driving home. And uh, get to baggage claim. And number one suitcase comes, grab that. Number two suitcase comes, grab that. Waiting for the guitar. Waiting for the guitar. Waiting for the guitar. 
and more people grab their bags and disappear. Because you know how it is. It's like a football stadium at first. You know, it's like there's every there's must be hundreds of thousands of people on that same little tiny flight that you was just on, and they're all huddled around there because their grandma showed up to see to them, their uncles, their aunts, all their nieces and nephews. There's hundreds of extra people for some reason at baggage claim. So have you ever noticed that? It's like wow, they must have hundreds of people in their family. So you're there and you're waiting. All of a sudden it starts clearing out and no guitar. No guitar. No guitar. And I am so tired. I already know that I had hot food in the, in the, you know, because you get pretzels or something on the, the plane. You know, you're just, you're used up. I want some food. I want to go home. No guitar. And sometimes the guitar comes off a different conveyor than the, the, the other one. You know, they'll come off some other conveyor. And so I've checked all that. I'm hauling all this stuff. I just want to go. Where's the guitar? So after a while, it became real clear there was no guitar coming down. So what do you do? Man, I wish I had a guitar. I remember when I used to have a guitar. I remember I had a guitar when I left for this trip, but now I don't have a guitar. There's no evidence of a guitar. I don't see a guitar. Do you think for one minute that's what I did? No, I went to the baggage claim office. And you know what I did? I filed a claim. I filed a claim at the baggage claim, baggage claim office. Not for what was a fantasy in my mind, but for something that already existed that had not manifested when this flight was over. And I laid claim to what I already owned. And they asked me for a description of it. And I told them exactly what it looked like, exactly what the case was like. Told them what type of guitar it was. I gave them all the information they needed. When you lay claim to your healing, you need to be able to say, well, this is what the Bible said about my body. This is what the Bible said. I'm filing a claim right here. My body's been acting up. My body has been uh, having some stuff come against it. But I'm laying claim to what already belongs to me, not something I'm dreaming up in my head, something that already belongs to me. So I filed the claim for the guitar, and then they gave me a slip of paper and said, your guitar is, you know, it's always in some other state unrelated to any place I've ever traveled. have no idea how it ended up there. They said, we will bring it to you. In other words, there's going to be a manifestation delivery. So I went home with great confidence that the guitar is going to manifest. I wasn't wringing my hands. I didn't, I didn't quit the ministry. I didn't pledge that I'll never sing again. I'm never going to play another instrument the rest of my life. I used to have a guitar. Now I don't have a guitar. You know how some of you do? It has nothing to do with guitars. I'm not going to church. I'm off of that. I'm going to go back to me because you were doing real good. You, had, you loved it. You loved it when it was my story. But now look at you when I'm on your back. You don't even want to say amen. Shake yourself. I went home and then and either later that night, I don't remember exactly, but either later that night or the next morning, somebody rang my doorbell holding my guitar and I received the manifestation of what I claimed at baggage claim office that night. It already belonged to me. Now, how is it we know how to do that, but the things of God get us all tripped up? 
we settle for what Jesus, we settle for things that Jesus already redeemed us from. From. Not even ours. In, in fact, many people claim what the devil's doing. My arthritis is acting up. Hmm. I'm preaching better than your amen. And what happened? Remember when you were flowing with me real good there? Amen. My this, my that, my this, my that. Oh, my sinuses are out of control. Out of control. So we start claiming what the devil's doing without a moment's hesitation. Then you, you keep a manifestation of what you don't even want. You learn to tolerate stuff you've been redeemed from. You settle for things that Jesus Christ has set you free from. All because I don't want to be part of the name it and claim it bunch. Well, I'm a part. No problem being a part. Glad to be a part of the name it and claim it bunch. Amen. Can somebody say amen in here tonight? <laughs> Glory to God. I'm trying to see if there's anything else I need to give you. Yeah, I'm going to give you one more thing real quick. Can you handle one more thing? I probably violated the clock. You know, it's almost midnight. You gave me those five minutes, though. It's not even close to midnight. Acts 22. Don't lose your hope. Don't let your joy level depart from you. Acts 22. What time do you normally get out on Sunday night? Huh? We don't, I'm hearing all kinds of different answers. When we're done, give that man a coupon right there. That guy gets a, give him a discount coupon of some sort. Acts 22. Well, are you learning anything? Or are you just tolerating me? Acts 22:23 Tell me if you're there. This is when the apostle Paul, you know, he's been taken prisoner by the Romans cuz the Jewish people didn't like didn't like him so they made up a story about him, told lies about him. So now they, they've got him incarcerated. They're about to beat him with a whip. Um, when they beat him like that, it's usually like within an inch of their life type of a beating. You don't want that kind of beating. Now, so that before we read, everybody pay attention to me for a second. Paul was not just a Jewish man. He was also a Roman citizen. And as a Roman citizen, he had certain rights. For example, in America, if you're an American citizen, you have certain rights. The Bill of Rights belongs to you. There are things that we have as a right. You travel to some other country, you left your American rights in America because now you're somewhere else. But here, as an American, we expect our rights to be upheld and so on and so forth. Whatever, whatever rights you're wanting to claim, you expect they'll be upheld. Well... While Paul is incarcerated by the Romans, they decide one of the best ways to get a guy to tell the truth is to beat him uh, with a cat of nine tails. So they fully intend to do that. 
But I want you to see what Paul does in that instant. Okay? Acts 22, 23. And as they cried out and cast off their clothes and threw dust in the air, the chief captain commanded him to be brought into the castle and bade them that he should be examined by scourging, that he might know whereof they cried so against him. And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? Before Paul was beaten, he decided to speak up and claim his citizenship rights. I have a right to be heard without this beating, and I have been condemned of nothing, and you're going to break the law. Now, why would he speak up? Because he wanted to claim what already belonged to him, the rights and privileges as a Roman citizen. Now, how many of you understand that? I mean, if, if something was going down here in America and somebody was violating your rights, you stand up and say, wait, 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 wait. You cannot do that. I'm an American. Right? And you should. Right? Okay. So what does that have to do with you? I have rights as a born-again child of God to live without sickness and disease. So if that a sickness or disease or whatever is attacking my body, I have to speak up. I have to claim what's my... Wait a minute. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God, and I have the right through the shed blood of Jesus, the stripes he took on his back, to be sickness and disease free, infirmity free, right? But I have to speak up and claim what's mine. Because if you don't, I'm going to tell you what would happen to Paul had he not spoken up. He would have been beaten with that cat of nine tails. Even though he was innocent of all the, the charges and the, you know, accusations against him. A lot of Christians are tolerating stuff because they won't speak up. Simply because they will not claim what already belongs to them through the blood of Jesus, through the name of Jesus, and through the Word of God. Why would you want to wait? Why would you want to wait and tolerate stuff when really your freedom starts as soon as you speak? Things are set in motion as soon as you begin to speak. As soon as you begin to declare things. Amen. As soon as you begin to declare, this is mine. I have it now. Claim what is already written. When we read there in Romans 4.17, you notice that it says, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. So what do you go with? What is written. Find the promise. I think the Bible says that your faith won't stand. You go find what is written. Learn your Bible, know your Bible, mark your Bible, read your Bible, live in your Bible. And then you can proclaim and speak things out of your mouth. You can speak it when nobody sees and nobody knows and nobody hears. And yet it will set things into motion in the realm of the Spirit that will bring things to pass in your life. that could not have possibly come any other way. You can't have what you say. I am part of the name it and claim it. And I hope you are as well in Jesus' name. Did you get anything out of this service? Hallelujah. Pastor Bernie, 
I've ministered to those I believe the Lord would have me to minister to. You can do what you need to do, but I just want you to know that I feel good in my spirit. I've obeyed the Holy Ghost. Amen. Would you welcome your pastor as he comes right now in Jesus' name? Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.